Hey everybody, welcome to Geeky Dads, talk about geeky things. I'm JJ Johnson, and joining me back on the show today is none other than Jason C. Joyner. Jason, what's going on, man? Nothing much, you know, just um, ready for spring to finally sprung here in Idaho. Um, it snowed two days ago, and we're really over it. Yeah, that's that's so weird, because we're like at the end of April, and you are still getting snow. Now, here in Oklahoma, we woke up this morning and it was 35 degrees. So it's kind of, I don't, I don't get what's going on, man. <laughs> it's like winter does not want to go away. Right. Who made the white witch mad? I know. I know. Where's so. Edmund? <laughs> Just point her our way. Yeah. We've had like, we had like tornadoes and then we woke up to cold weather and it was weird. So, all right. So tonight, uh, Jason and I are going to talk about our top five arcade games. For those of you that don't know, Jason's been on the show. I think, what is this, like the fourth show I think you've done, if I'm not mistaken. Um, let's see. We talked about G.I. Joe. We talked about Marvel films. And I think we talked about our top five superpowers or something like that. Yeah, superpowers. So, yeah. So, folks, if you hear a dog barking in the background, that is mine, and I apologize, and that's because my wife is walking in from the garage right now, and she's excited to see her. <laughs> God. So, anyway. All right, so tonight we're going to talk about our top five video games that we grew up, not video games, arcade games, clarify that, that we grew up playing in different locations. Jason, where did you play arcade games at? Yeah, so I grew up um, two blocks away from the local bowling alley. And um, so they had their arcade tucked um, in a side room. And that was the place to be, especially in the summer. And uh, <clears throat> it was in the 80s. And you went there with your um, stack of quarters. And I would like, I would even ask mom if I could weed the tomatoes, which I hated tomatoes back then. But whatever I could do to earn a buck, um, to go play some video games during the summer. If I wasn't at the swimming pool, then I was at the arcade and um, just the neighborhood. It was the neighborhood draw, you know, so you go there and you see your friends and your, your frenemies, the people that would, you know, you compete with on the games. And you'd, it was back in the day when you'd stack the quarters on, you know, I'm next to oh, yeah. say, Hey, I'm, you know, I want in. And uh, yeah, there was, um, you know, it was just this friendly rivalry with, you know, there's a couple of pinball machines, but mostly people, um, the the cons, the big arcade machines were just, it was their heyday. And um, so, yeah, grew up with a lot of, um, a lot of video games doing that. Yeah, uh, I see. I grew up in a small town, rural Oklahoma, Prior Creek, Oklahoma, about maybe seven, 8,000 people. Uh, we didn't have an arcade, like arcade in town, but we had Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> And so every Sunday night we would go to Pizza Hut right after church and they had like five or six arcade games. This is back when, you know, Pizza Hut was like a hopping place. It's the place you went as a family right after church or something like that. Now, we also would go to Tulsa. There was a place called Bell's Amusement Park and it was just it was right at the fairgrounds. And you only had to pay $5 to get into the park. And if you wanted a bracelet to ride the rides, you had to pay more. It was like 15, 20 bucks to get the bracelet. But inside the park, they had this giant arcade game with like over 200 arcade games. And so what we would do is occasionally dad would take us to Starbase 21, which was a comic book store in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then we'd head over to the arcade at Bell's Amusement Park with a stack of quarters and we would play there. Now in high school, there was another place that opened up in prior in our hometown. It was called Side Pockets, and it was kind of like a, a pool hall for teenagers with uh, pinball machines and arcade games. And I played a lot of arcade games. In fact, one of the ones that I played uh, on my list, I played at Side Pockets. So those are the places that I grew up um, playing arcade games. So. A little different than video games. I mean, you know, you still, I still had Nintendo and stuff like that at the house, but there was something about going to an arcade and just like, you know, getting a hot dog and nachos and then hanging out with your friends, I think was a little different. What do you think? It was. I mean, I, so this ages me because I had the, the ColecoVision 
and we bought the ColecoVision because it had the adapter, so it could also play Atari games. You're getting two and one. Yeah. So before Nintendo came out, and um, you know, you just had these, you know, really eight-bit cheap, cheap games out there. Um, you know, like at home, we'd play things like, you know, Dig Dug or Mr. Do, or um, and uh, it was just really simple. So you go to the arcade, and you know, they had the new shiny technology, and um, these new games breaking out. And so, yeah, there was something about going there and it was a little dark and, you know, and there was sometimes some fights and, you know, naughty things going on in the bowling alley. But yeah, I mean, I can, I mean, talking about it, I mean, I can hear, you know, the pins um, falling down and the, I can smell the, that old smell of, you know, bowling shoes. It's funny how it's, this is bringing, things back so you're getting the sensory podcast episode today just imagine yeah. you know all these smells and and uh whatnot and yeah you just you wanted to see what the latest was it was kind of like okay do you show off your um you know your prowess and who was the best at different games and um you know so we're recording this super mario brothers is dominating the box office right now and oh yeah you know i i remember this so i didn't make my list but the before you had super mario brothers you had mario brothers Bros. oh yeah i remember that one and um i actually think i like that one better because you um because you could kind of battle each other if you're playing two players you know sometimes you'd like flip the turtle onto luigi if you were mario you're know, trying to get each other and so you could you could battle the turtles and whatnot but you battle each other you know just good times all around yeah yeah of course and then you go to the mall and we'd go before a movie or something like that. And that was back before, you know, the theaters were actually in malls uh, before you had AMC, but there was always a theater like in the same area as the mall. So we go to the mall. It's also Woodland Hills and they had an arcade there. It was tilt, you know, the typical mall type uh, arcades. And uh, you know, you played skeet ball and all these other things, get your tickets, but I don't know. I always, gravitated towards the actual games you know that was sort of my jam more than playing games where i was going to win tickets and stuff like that so it's kind of kind of sad i took my kids to chuck e cheese for the first time when they were young and i kept thinking oh we're gonna see these robotic puppets and things like that and no they didn't have any of that i was so disappointed because I mean, my kids had a great time playing in the arcade and stuff like that, but I was just like, what about this? And what about this? And it's just, there was something about that era that we grew up in uh, during the 80s and even into the 90s where arcades were just unique and special. So do you have your top five ready? I do. Um, yeah, so my um, my number five game is... A multiplayer game called Gauntlet, and so it was a fantasy dungeon crawler, and you could play as four characters. You could do the the wizard, the ranger, the barbarian, and the girl. And I don't even remember what she was. Maybe Val I think she's a Valkyrie. And that was the last one anybody wanted to play because it was a bunch of guys, you know, <laughs> in the eighties. So we're a bunch of dorky boys, and nobody wanted to play Valkyrie. Um, and um, so you had to crawl through and shoot these monsters and eat the food to get your health. And, um, and, uh, you know, I, I went through and looked at all these games, um, online and you can find playthroughs and all this stuff now with them and, and just reminiscing and thinking, okay, what's my top five? Cause I had a hard time, yeah. um, you know, calling my list down. Um, and, um, yeah, there were some close calls. But Gauntlet, it was just because you could get a couple people and join in and, you know, back each other up and, you know, throwing, doing spells and th shooting bows and arrows and throwing axes and just this stuff to, you know, try to cooperate and get through these levels and mazes. Um, that's, it was the cooperative nature that made me put Gauntlet on this list was, I just remember, okay, you know, you're going to go here and I'm going to go here and no, what are you doing? Get out, you know, shoot that skeleton. So the ghosts up coming. Ah. Yeah, that was a uh, that was actually one of our Pizza Hut games, <laughs> and uh, my brother and I would play it because the rule was I always had to take my little brother uh, <laughs> you know, and entertain him. And you know, I, I I never had a problem with that, 
But when it came to playing like the, those type of uh, cooperative games and stuff like that, he would always go a different direction. I would go and we'd get in, you know, arguments and fights and it would get because I was over competitive when it came to video games. And yeah, so but no, I remember that game. I had a lot of fun playing it. It was it was a fun game. Just like you said, it was the competitive nature of just playing with, you know, with a friend and trying to to overcome different levels with a friend. It's one of those that I enjoyed quite a bit. So, yeah, absolutely. I think it's great to go on those lists, man. All right, so my number five is the one I played uh, in my teenager years. It came out around 95, 96, and I played it at Side Pockets, and it was um, one of those video games that was like, you know, in the 90s, if you go back and listen to my episode I did with Randy Strew on zombies, you know, during the 90s, zombies weren't really out a whole lot, but they started coming out in video games with Resident Evil and this game right here in about 96, 97. And that, of course, is House of the Dead. I think this was put out by Sega or some uh, one of those companies, but it was pretty much, it was one of those shooter games. It was one of the first shooter type games I ever played. And, you know, you're, you're, you, you can be one of two characters. Um, you know, you're an agent, uh, Thomas Rogan or something like that, or Agent G or something. And there was a, there was obviously a mad scientist and, you know, you're basically shooting zombies working your way through this level. I haven't played it in many, many, many years, but I do remember it was the first like shooter, first person type shooter game I ever played before they really started to really take off. And so my number five is definitely House of the Dead. It was one of those that I would go and literally maybe after school, um, I worked at a pizza joint right next to this, uh, this place. And so sometimes after I'd, uh, get you know closed up at 10 o'clock at night on a friday night i go next door and play some video games or you know play some shoes some pool or something like that but i always played house of the dead i absolutely loved it it was a great game so was that one on a track where you they pull you around and so you weren't like moving you just would have to do the shooting uh i think so i think that was the one that was on the track yeah okay yeah i was never um I was a squeamish kid growing up, and so I didn't do a lot of zombie stuff until I, um, I got older, and um, so I never really played those games very much. But um, yeah, I've done those. I mean, done those type of games, and and it gets intense because you're, you know, you're shooting, and then all of a sudden this one pops up on the side and comes yeah. at you, and you're like, oh wait, get that one. Yeah, it was a it was a different type of game because obviously the only shooter game I played up until that point was Duck Hunt. So, I mean, so yeah, I, I liked it. It was a good game. So, all right, what's your number four, man? So, um, you know, there's it's almost like you could do you could break this down into genres. It's like okay, your top arcade fighting game or your top arcade driving game. Um, you know, I I was so close to putting like spy hunter or um uh, a couple different driving games on here um but uh i went with a fighting game and um i ended up i pulled soul caliber um and um so that one was one that as i i'd gotten older it wasn't it wasn't one of the ones when i was young that the graphics had gotten better and now you can start moving in three dimensions you know so you could you know, pivot on the um, battlefield. So it just wasn't a straight, you know, 2d linear, like a street fighter type, um, the early street fighters, I guess. So, um, I always played with the guy with the nunchucks. Um, I just like that combo and, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, there's only one game that I was the best at for our area. Um, you know, so I was, I was all right. I could, you know, I could hold my own, but I couldn't, couldn't beat it. And I, um, and I'd lose to people when we played head to head, um, a fair bit depended on how it went, but, um, soul caliber just, um, was the one that's like, okay, yeah. When I think about those type of fighting games, that's the one that rose the list. Cause you could, you know, you could learn combos, you could button mash, you could, you know, dodge more three-dimensional. And, um, so it just seemed like it was more of a breakthrough, um, type of game in that, um, that's why I put it on my list. 
Nice, nice. Now, I'll be honest with you. That is one that I never got the opportunity to play. Um, but uh, I did watch some YouTube videos on it after you sent me your list. And so um, it looked like a fun game. It looked like an exciting game. Uh, that's the great thing about YouTube. When you when like you sent me this list and like two of them I had never heard of. And I'm, so I you can go out there on YouTube and just find these games. And then now I kind of want to go play some of them. So. <laughs> But, you know, I'd love to find like an 80s retro, you know, like arcade game place that had like um, all these games we're talking about. (laughs) So I could go and try some of them because it's like I feel like I missed out um, on a couple of them. So we were just in uh, San Diego uh, last month for spring break. And there's one day where a lot of rain. And so I tried to find one of those type of arcades, but it was like. It was with a bar. And so I'm like, well, uh, since I have two kids that are underage, we can't do that. And uh, uh, so that was a bummer. I was kind of hoping to, to find something like that to pass some time while this pretty heavy storm passed, came through. Yeah. Yeah. I would guarantee you if people, any place that people open up that type of place, I guarantee you, since everybody's suck at, such a sucker for nostalgia nowadays, um, I have a feeling they're going to make a killing. So, all right. So my number four is none other than Miss Pac-Man. Now, I, I felt like I had to put one of the Pac-Man games on here, but I had to go with Miss Pac-Man uh, for a number of reasons. And I, and I actually made a list. All right. This is how this is how bad it is. But <laughs> I, I just remember you had um, there was different color schemes with Miss Pac-Man. All right. And they would alternate at each game's intermission. And so each one of these color themes uh, was obviously a different maze. But one of the things, the, the, the first, uh, second, and I can't remember if it was the, if, if it was the fifth maze, the fourth or fifth maze. Um, what I loved about it is they would have two warp tunnels. So you had a top and a bottom. And I th- what it, it, it while there were some more difficulties with the mazes in um in Miss Pac-Man, I felt like it gave the player just a slight more advantage at times where you could come out, you know, choose your warp tunnel and get away just in time. Uh, but there was other things like if you wanted to get like you know the cherries or you know, all the things that would spit out, they they would spit them out in different in different locations, unlike Pac-Man, where it was always just spitting them out sort of uh at one spot. So that kind of made it a little more challenging. So it was more challenging, but uh, I love the fact that I had two warp tunnels and I don't know why that, that stuck with me because I remember going and playing it and just being like excited that I could look, sit here and play Miss Pac-Man. And now I had two warp tunnels instead of just one. And for some dumb reason, that was the thing that always stuck with me about playing Miss Pac-Man versus regular pac-man is just the fact that you had two warp tunnels um when i got the nes classic uh one of the first games i went to was pac-man um but they didn't have miss pac-man and i was telling my kids oh you gotta play miss pac-man because they got two warp tunnels and i i haven't gotten miss pac-man yet i think i can get it on the switch (laughs) uh they keep reminding me of that so yeah i gotta go with miss pac-man number four yeah, I mean the Pac-Mans are such classic games, you know, and it's, you know whenever you went to like the pizza place or, you know, if they had something, it was gonna be like Pac-Man, it seemed like, and yeah, um, you know, so simple. I mean, you just have the joystick and you're not, you know, and I was, of course, you played them. Um, the music's iconic. Um, there, I had an album called Pac-Man Fever, which were all these songs based off of video games, and um, the Pac-Man Fever, that's a banger. That's one that. You know, it's it fun to look look up on on Spotify or something, and yeah. Um, but I was never good at memorizing the you know the pattern. It's like okay, you have to do this, and you know that wasn't me. I was kind of like flailed around. And um, there's one we have a kind of a one of those kids zones type places where they've got laser tag and video games, mm-hmm. and they had this Pac-Man battle or something. So four people are playing Pac-Man on the same map, and then you know you could eat one glow you know one special dot to eat the ghost but you ate a different one and you grew really big and you could go eat the other pac-man and take him out 
Yeah. And I, I don't remember if it was called Pac-Man Battle or what. It was something like that. It was um, pretty big screen split. And um, and the graphics were just, you know, it was Pac-Man's not super fancy, but it it was, you know, modern graphics and things. That was just a few years ago. Um, so I like that one because it was like, okay, let's show my kids up. You know, they they can scorch me on Halo and things. Um, but yeah, let's go old school and I'll take you. Nice, nice. I, I, you know, I, I don't think I've seen the Pac-Man battle, but I kind of like that kind of sounds interesting. I kind of want to go check it out. You know, um, I remember I think it was when we were in Reno, Nevada. Um, they had a Pac-Man there at that little arcade and they had like a big space invaders and stuff like that. So they had a couple of the classic games and um, yeah, um, Pac-Man and Pac-Man's classic, man. I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with Pac-Man. Everybody, I mean. It's kind of like just the regular Super Mario Brothers. I'll sit down and play that and just be lost for an hour or two. There's something about those classic games that just the simplicity, but yet at the same time, just uh, being able to reminisce and just play it and have a fun game. All right, uh, what is your next one? Number, what are we on? Number three? We're on number three. Okay. Um, So here's another one where it's cooperative where you can kind of go at each other. And um, they made a movie about this one a few years ago with uh, good old The Rock Johnson, and that's um, Rampage. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I as I was going through my list, I had some of these games and thinking about them, and then it's like, wait a second, Rampage. I mean, th- what a great game! You turn into a monster. Um, you know, you could be the lizard or the King Kong type or the Wolfman. And you're you go into town and you eat these, um, you know, you're tearing these cities apart. You know, you just get to go in there and button mash and bash them. And then you're trying to you eat the people that are hanging out the windows. And, you know, you try not to grab the, the TV or some electronic in the window. So it shocks you, knocks you down. You can punch the other monsters like you can go at each other. And then the military comes and tries to start shooting you. And you just get to, you know, I mean, Rampage is the best name for it because you got to rampage and you just wanted to see how long you could go. And, um, I mean, just what a simple concept. Um, but, uh, a lot of fun, you know, tearing those cities down. Yeah. I always liked being the, the ape or the King Kong type. I'm trying to remember. Okay. So you had, you had the ape that you could be, what else was there? Well, it was like the, that. Yeah, the giant lizard kind of. It's giant. Um, so kind of like a Godzilla knockoff. Almost, in a sense. yeah. And then there was a giant wolf, and that—that's the one I usually would go for. Was, was uh, the wolf. wolf? I don't know if there was. I think there were slight benefits. I think the lizard walked a little faster, maybe. Yeah. The ape climbed a little better, um, and maybe the wolf was a little stronger. I don't. Um, I think there was slight differences, but uh, not not so much as you did really. Yeah, super tactical or anything about it. No, it was a it was a great game. It was a fun game. I I don't know if I cared too much for the movie because uh, you know that's kind of a tough one to make a movie about. But I love the uh, uh, love the game. And like I said, I was always the ape. And I if I remember correctly, I think you're right. Uh, each one kind of had its own superior strength. I guess you could say. Um, to play with i don't know for some reason i just i always went with like the king kong type uh, i had a couple friends that went with the um with the godzilla lizard type and but yeah I, I had a blast playing it it was it was one of those games it was one of those games that like it came and then it went and then it came and then it went they, they switch it out every so often so i didn't get to always play it consistently but it was always a fun game i loved it yep there you go so what's your number three all right, now my number three is without question my number one Pizza Hut game. All right, and this is oh yeah, Robotron twenty eighty four. Do you ever play this? Um, I think so. But yeah, talk about it. I'm I'm pretty sure when I looked at it, I had to think about it a minute. And okay, so it, it it's a simple premise. So basically, you know, you're in this fictional world where robots have turned against humanity. Um. And, you know, you're basically fighting robots, trying to destroy robots, rescue other humans who are trapped. And that's pretty much the 
the premise of the game, but it had two joysticks. And I remember it because it was such a challenge to get used to playing with two joysticks. And one joystick like controlled your character and where they looked, where they moved, those type of things. And the other joystick would control the weapon, uh, you know, where which way they fired and things like that. And I remember just trying to get the timing down. I was like really big, like on these type of games of just wanting to, and I'm sitting here imagining myself right now, you know, <laughs> playing two joysticks. But I just remember the trying to get the timing down. And I get so frustrated because that was the entire point of the game was that, you you know, you want to shoot here and you know your right hand to do what your left hand was doing. And you have to make sure your character was turned the right way and heading the right direction. So I that was one of the reasons I liked it. I wasted so much money on just trying to, learn how to play the game the right way and i would literally like i'd find out we were going to pizza hut afterwards and my parents would always get that big corner booth and then pull up a table with all their friends and like i'd find out and i'm like digging in the couch cushions for you know loose chains that have fallen like quarters and stuff like that because i had to play robotron and dad would only like give us five quarters a piece and i i'd go and look for you know or I'd save up in my piggy bank for the week or something like that. And, you know, try and sell an eraser at school or something like that. So I could play Robotron at, uh, at the at Pizza Hut. It was an early 80s game, I believe. I think it came out in the early 80s. Um, so this would have been about 87, 88, somewhere around there uh, that I was going and playing this at Pizza Hut. So, yeah, Robotron 2084, man. And isn't it funny now? Now we're so used to the Xbox controller or the Switch or PlayStation. Yeah, you're used to using our thumbs and you know, yeah. okay, guiding our character, you know, spinning. And I mean, it's now it's second nature. But yeah, just to translate it to you know an arcade game, it was really different when you had those type of games. And um, you know, you just got so used to the you know the joystick and the buttons and and, and doing your thing. So um, you know and yeah, I that that shift would be would be tricky um, on any of those type of games. Yeah. All right. So I think we are down to our last two. So what is your number two? Well, again, you get these genres, you know, and um, so I'm, I'm going to go sports with this one. And, you know, I, I thought about a minute for like, you know, NBA jam with the outsized moves you could do and um you know different things but this one it actually came from my college days um in um 92 93 94 um and um uh, my couple of my buddies and i would be we'd meet together at the student union building to eat lunch and um all right are we done we got time before class okay yeah we're gonna go play cyberball sometimes it was cyberball 2072 or or whatnot but it was um, a football game with robots and it was set in the future. And so you had, you know, you picked your teams and um, you had, um, you know, you could pick a, like a running player pass play. And um, I mean, and the controls were a little janky and it just, you know, I think about it now, it's like, you know, that in one sense, the game didn't age well um, because controls are so much more fluid now with things um, and you think about playing something like Madden with, you know, the hit stick and doing juke moves and all that. But I mean, we just love this game and, um, you know, you hit each other and the robots start taking damage. And so, you know, if you took out somebody's, um, you know, receiver or their running back or quarterback, and then they got these cheap plastic ones and then they, they just couldn't throw as well or run as fast. And then you're, then you're in trouble. So you're, you're trying to score. And I remember, it took six quarters to play a full game because um, it was like three quick quarters and a half and three. And my wife, we were friends commuting to ISU and would hang out at college together. We weren't dating yet. And um, she's like, you know, we and a couple of us calculated. You guys went off to play this game and we figured out, you know, three days a week, you're you're you know, playing a dollar fifty to play this game. You can have like seventy five dollars at the end of semester. We're like, well, don't ruin our fun. Come yeah. on, man. What's you know? I wasn't very happy with that because 
I mean, we're just trying to blow some steam. You know, it's like, okay, you know, we're doing class. We're being old college students. Let's go, you know, have a little fun. And and I commuted 30 minutes to school. I lived in my small town and, and we'd commute to um, the big city of Pocatello, 50,000 people to go to this college. So it's, we weren't really into the dorms, you know, scene and the, you know, in the Greek system and any of that type of stuff. It was so, you know, to connect with a couple of friends and um, play these games. It was like, oh, it gave me something to look forward to at college. So, um, you know, I give my wife a hard time about, you know, all right, ruining my fun because she had to tell us how much money we were wasting. But anyway, that, that was it, Cyberball. Um, I wouldn't, you know, anymore. It's been eclipsed by other things. But back in the day, I was like, that was our thing to do. It's like, okay, got to go take out Dan or, or Frank in, in Cyberball. Yeah, we played this one quite a bit. We played this one. This was uh, one of our Bells amusement park games that we play in Tulsa, especially once we got to be like teenagers and we could actually drive to Tulsa on our own. Um, and we always, I, you know, I remember talking to one of my friends. We were like, man, this would make such like a cool movie, you know, like, you know, robots and like, you know, football or something like that. I mean, I just always pictured in my head. I was like, this would be a fun movie. Um, they never did anything like that. You know, I think the, the closest we ever got was like real steel and that was boxing. But um, I always thought that this would be a fun movie. But yeah, I sports games. That was one of the ones I actually enjoyed playing. I never really got into like NBA Jam or or Madden or things like that. I played them. I just never really got into them, especially in an arcade. Uh, but this one here, I did play multiple times with friends. Yes, you're right. It was a more expensive game. So if you're going to play it, you wanted to be there for a while with some with a buddy that would like be committed and into it just as much as you. But it was it was always a fun game. I loved it. So great game on this list, man. All right, I got some special notes on number two, and the reason is is because. I was trying to justify why this one should be number one. And for some reason, I kept putting what is my number one as number one. Um, so, but I have to go. Uh, these last two are fighter games. I got to go with Mortal Kombat 2. All right. Now, the, <laughs> this is the reason. This is the reason why I have to. Script. Yeah, I, I I did. I, I I wrote down. I wrote down in longhand at my desk at work. Um, I got a lot done at work this week, folks. Uh, so I sat down at my desk and I was writing it down. I was like, "This one should be number one. Why am I not putting in number one?" And I just I don't know for some reason. I it just it kept coming back to number two. But what I loved about this was, um, it it kind of upgraded the first game a little bit because now you started getting a little bit better combinations and a little bit better uh, moves and things like this. I do remember this is the one where the crouching punch was added. Uh, in the first one, you didn't have that one. And then when you wanted to do like, um, you know, certain kicks, whether they are low kicks, high kicks, things like that, there were, there were more combinations available uh, for you to do that you didn't have to do in the first one now correct me if i'm wrong and i went to try and find a youtube video on this one but this is the one i don't remember if it was on the first one or if it was only exclusive to the second one where you could literally knock your opponent across the screen was that in the first one do you recall i remember that being a feature but i couldn't tell you one or two yeah okay okay i was trying i kept trying to find some notes on it and i could not find it for some reason, I kept thinking it's only a number two, but then, uh, you know, a guy at work was like, no, that was a number one as well. Yeah, this is the type of conversations we have in a meeting at work. But he, he was convinced that it was it was also a number one. So I could be completely wrong on that, but I was thinking it was just in number two. But they, you know, it had some of the classic characters that, you you know, you, you got used to, like, you know, Scorpion and Johnny Cage. and um, But it added a couple of other characters and my favorite one was obviously Jax. Uh I do believe Jax was brand new to Mortal Kombat 2. Uh, I don't think he was in the first one. 
But um, it was always a fun game. I had a blast playing it. Both the Mortal Kombat's, in my opinion, are worthy to be in anybody's top five. Number two just sort of dominated for me simply because, you know, of the different combinations. I mean, it's the same premise, the same type of story is being told here. But it, it just... It, it it did some things different that number one didn't do. So what do you think? Well, so the funny thing is I, I started volunteering with our church youth group when I was in college. And um, so Mortal Kombat, Kombat was controversial, you know, and it's like, oh, uh, well, you know, in one sense, here's this new, you know, new step of, you know, the fatalities, ripping out somebody's spine or chopping off their head and doing these things. It's like, oh, kids, you guys don't need to be doing that. But then secretly when the, you know, the, we had a boys, you know, just the thing for the boys with the youth group, it's like, all right, well, we'll let you play Mortal Kombat. So since we're going to do that, let me kick your butt. And, you know, <laughs> so uh, it, it, I feel conflicted on it because it, you know, it was, it's like, you're that pulled. It's like, well, I should be you know, I should be standing with the parents and going, oh, this isn't a good game for you kids. But then again, all right, I'm going to see if I can, you know, uh, rip out your spine. <laughs> and spoiler alert, usually I couldn't because um, that wasn't my strength of game. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Moral Combat. I mean, I remember when because I, I played it first in the arcade and then it came out on. I think it came out on Sega first. Sega, yeah, that's where yeah. we played with youth group because we'd have a little, you know, kind of thing for the boys. Yeah, and I had both a uh, Super Nintendo and then I bought a Sega Genesis um, from my neighbor um, who was moving and he was like in the military and things like that. I think he was like being deployed or something like that. Anyway, um, I bought it off of him and that's, I, I remember specifically going i got to go get moral combat too and and so i can play it without having to go to the arcade uh, but yeah i mean we'd sit there for hours just in, you know in tulsa bells just constantly playing mortal combat or more combat 2 and uh i remember the first time we went there we kept trying to get in line to play it and this is like, you know, you talked about putting your quarters on. There was literally a line of like kids lined up and we couldn't, we couldn't ever get in line and the line was taken forever. So, um, I just remember that, you know, when it first came out and they first had it there for the first time and somebody's like, Oh, they got more combat too. And it was literally, yeah, there was a line to be able to play the daggum game. So, um, it took a couple more trips before I finally got to play it. So. But yeah, more combat too. All right, so what is your number one? Yeah, that just I mean that brought back memories of you know sitting there, you know you're out of quarters or you're just you're really bored, so you go just to watch other people play. See if somebody's there, and and you know you get some of these kids that are really good or 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 new game, and you're all gathered around it and going, wow, this is wild. Look at this one, and can't mm -hmm. wait to try it and. It's so popular, you'd have to wait your turn. You have to wait and get over yeah. there when there's a time, um, you know, and then sneak in. But so my number one, it, um, I don't think it's well known. I think you had to look it up if I remember right. I did. And, um, like the one. Um, the reason it was number one is because in the hierarchy of the local neighborhood arcade crowd, this was the one game where I was the champion. I was the high scorer. People couldn't beat me on this game. And maybe because it was um, not as popular as Super Mario Brothers or um, some of these, but this was my game that I ruled on. And it was called Matt Mania. And I had to look up the freaking name because I couldn't even remember. It was just that wrestling game that yeah. you had in the mid 80s. And you were just this wrestler that came out. And there was only like five different wrestlers you fought through. And once you fought through him and you won the championship belt from the Hulk Hogan type of guy, then, you know, then you just, then you just kept playing and you just kept cycling and they throw them at you and, you know, difficulty get a little harder. And, um, you know, you just, it was basic. It you had, you know, you punched, you kicked, you know, you tried to get him in a headlock. Um, if you, you know, you'd get him and you throw him against the, 
the ropes and you could pop them. You could do, you know, body slam. Um, you know, you could throw them out of the ring and um, if they couldn't get back in the ring in time, um, you can, you know, then they would be called out. You could climb up on the corner posts and jump on them and do kind of this finishing move. Um, and it was just one that I got things figured out. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this is the eighties. And so these games weren't, you know, <laughs> the game was maybe a little racist because, the hardest character was not the final guy that had the belt about the third one in there's a guy named Coco Savage and he's a black guy in a Tarzan skin. And, um, he just did this move where he bull rushed you with his shoulder and he, you know, so all of a sudden whap and you're down on the ground and it always knocked you down and you'd get up and he just shoulder, bam, bam, hit you and knock you down. You couldn't get up. And when you could finally beat stupid Coco Savage, it's like the rest of these guys are chumps, you know, even like I said, he was probably harder than the guy who was supposed to be the, like I said, the Hulk Hogan analog, the, the ring yeah. bear, you know, the guy, not ring, the belt guy who had the belt, you know, he, you could take, he had kind of everybody's moves. Well, there's a dude with a piranha with this mask. He liked like a luchadora and he would like bite you on the head and you're like, stop cheating. You stupid slimy dog. But <laughs> he wasn't so bad to beat, you know, it was, you had to get past Coco Savage when she did that. You're good to go. And that one, so I ruled the local bowling alley with Matt Mania. So had to be my top arcade game because like finally there was one that I was the best at. Nice, nice. You know, it's very weird that I had never heard or played this game because of the two of us, I'm definitely the pro wrestling fan. <laughs> so yeah. I grew up in the 80s watching pro wrestling. Um and even in the 90s during the Monday Night Wars, I was big into wrestling. So, um, you know, it, I, I, when you said that, I had in my mind, I was like, this is either like a kung fu type fighting game where they're on a mat or it's a wrestling game. And I went and found an old video of this. And I'm like, my gosh, why did I not know this game existed? Um, but, yeah, it's... You know, it's those hidden gems like that that we played growing up that most people, like our kids, are never going to get to play. And that that saddens me in so many ways. It's like you guys do not understand what it meant to go to like a local bowling alley or a local little teenage pool hall or, you know, a local arcade someplace and just hang out for hours with friends and play video games. Now they just all hop on discord together <laughs> and play from their different houses where you and I growing up, we were either pulling all nighters at a buddy's house or we were going to a local arcade to play. And both situations were just as fun. So yeah, we didn't have Twitch. We didn't have it come into our house. You had to go to the bowling alley, ah. smell the sweat and the beer from the, you know, wafting oh, yeah. in from the, the from the bowlers and the cigarette smoke. You know, I mean, back in the day, they're smoking in there and all those smells and, um, you know, the music blaring. But you had the arcade turned up even louder, and we're just sitting there looking over Johnny's shoulders, like, hey, I can't see him do this finishing move. Oh my god! Yeah, and 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 that's another thing. We didn't have YouTube to go watch how to beat a level. Oh or my to gosh. Beat drawing or something like that. If you wanted yeah. to figure out how to, to beat something, you would sit there and look over your friend's shoulders as they figured it out and they did it. And that's how you figured this out. We, we didn't have Twitch streams, like you said, to be able to figure these games out. We had to do it the old fashioned way and, uh, burn, and burn a roll of quarters, you know? Yes. Um, you know, you just, um, I got in trouble cause I actually, my mom kept a little coin jar on her dresser and you know when she would come home she'd take change out and put in there and so that was always a place hey mom can i go get some quarters out of your coin jar and then i started being sneaky and i you know i stole a few quarters and she found out and so she put the coin jar away and she had i got the lecture you know you when you lose trust it takes you a while to earn it back and you know i felt so bad like oh you know and then you know, mom wouldn't leave it out. It wouldn't make it so easy for me to go to the arcade for a while. And, you know, I just so really, uh, I really let down my mom because, you know, I was being a stinker. So, yep, all those uh, good memories, the guilt and 
you know, going out and weeding the garden so I could earn another four quarters and go try to <laughs> beat this stupid game. Yeah, yeah. And nowadays it's like, you know, we would ask for quarters. Our kids come to us and ask, hey, can I have 10 bucks to buy this map on Minecraft or this skin on Minecraft? A little yeah. different, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. All right, so my number one, um, like I said, I had a tough time between this one and Mortal Kombat 2, but I got to go with Street Fighter. And I think I go with Street Fighter number one because I was very, very good at Street Fighter. And not only that, but this was the first type fighter game that I actually played. I mean, they were one-on-one matches, and you could either play your friend or you could play the, uh, you know, the com- computer one. And I think it was, uh, I think it was three rounds. Each player, you know, it was three rounds. And if there was a tie, if you, it, you know, if, um, if the match in before, uh, you know, a fighter was knocked out, it was whoever had the greater amount of energy. And I just remember the, you know, the punches, uh, you know, you had dragon punch, you had the hurricane kick, you had psycho fire, you had all these different types of little punches and things like that, that you could do. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it would. It, this is where my competitive nature would, would come into play because I would have a friend who was just as competitive of me. I had two good friends, uh, Greg and Travis Pierce. They were the twins. Um, but growing up, um, you know, we would go and and we play Street Fighter. And we even when we got Nintendo later and and the Segas, uh, we play Street Fighter. Street Fighter was always one of those games. But we would go and play Street Fighters at like either the mall. Uh, at the arcade, or we go to, um, you know, like a Chuck E. Cheese or Showbiz Pizza or something like that, or we'd hit Bell's Amusement Park if we had extra money. Uh, but, you know, it was always uh, just playing Street Fighter you know, at a random arcade that, that we knew had the game. And, I mean, we, we'd sit there for hours and play this game and just fight one another all the time. And, you know, it, it get competitive, but I I do remember all those pun- different punches and the combinations. And for, so I think for me, it was the first it was the first fighter game I ever played. And, you know, it's part of why I ended up playing Mortal Kombat one and two. Uh, but, yeah, I, I loved it. In and so my number one with that question is Street Fighter. Well, and I mentioned earlier, Street Fighter almost took the place of Soul Calibur on my list and. It was, it was such a, you know, it was a fun game. I think it really um, set the stage for so many of these games. I mean, you think of like Injustice with using the DC characters on the consoles. And I mean, all it is is Street Fighter with different skins. And, you know, you would try the different characters to see who you liked. And, um, you know, I mean, some of your guys were pretty straight up fighters. And then you had a stupid Blanca or Dalsim, you yeah. know, with his stupid elongating arms and, you know, Blanca with his... Um, rolling and shock attacks like dude cheap move come on and <laughs> i mean i think you always you know de- i think uh, i usually would default to like ryu or ken and yeah i mean they were pretty similar you know and um i did, it just it brought back my you know being on the game and you're playing it and then you know that game you could be playing through the world challenge yeah and a guy you could have a comp- you know here comes a challenger somebody could put in and do over the second and it's like you know the really good kid comes up oh i know Oh crap. No, he's going to knock me off of here. And then he, you know, and then whoever has the console has the, you know. Um, so yeah, I seem like it was Street Fighter 2, maybe that we had um, in our bowling alley. Um, I don't, I couldn't tell you the difference between one and two. Um, I know later on they got, you know, then they added like Cammy and some of these yeah. other characters. But um, yeah, that one was a great one. I it was really close. Now I kind of wish I'd put it in. But, you know, we had to have, I'm, um, you know, it was your number one, so it needed to be there. And um, and who can forget the beating up the car bonus round in the middle? You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know, there's so many arcade games. Uh, there's a lot of good ones out. Um, I've taken my kids a few times to the arcade games. What they're putting out a lot of times in arcade games today now is a lot of these virtual reality ones, which are kind of fun. And so... Those are going to be the games my kids grow up remembering at the arcade, where the games we grew up remembering are the ones with the joysticks and things like that. It's okay. Um, I've played those virtual reality games, and they're kind of a trip, man. <laughs> so. I'm just, 
I mean, I'm glad I didn't wasn't a kid in the era of doing like the Dance Dance Revolution where you had. I, mean, uh, I played those games, but you know, I mean, these kids that can, you know, their feet are just yeah, flying across the pad, and it's, I'm glad that wasn't me because I wasn't coordinated. I would have done crap on those. Yeah, I mean, I, I I've I've been to a few arcades in the past, you know, 15 years, and especially when you know you know, dance to dance was really, really popular. And I'd sit there and I watch these kids. And the first thing I thought was, okay, I am like at this time when it was popular, I'm like, I'm in my mid thirties, you know, at that point, I'm like, I, I, there's no way I'm coordinated to still be able to do this. And there's no way I can do this without probably pulling something. And if you were <laughs> to put me on one today at the age of 45, I know for a fact I would definitely pull something within five minutes, probably less than that. So even though I'm healthy and I run and I do all that stuff, I know my body's limitations and something would get pulled. So, right. Uh, just go back to the good old days. We had the you know, joystick or, you know, the trackball of centipede. Yeah. I mean, how about that was, that was a pain. Didn't love that, but it still play it, you know, but, um, I'm thinking, JJ, we're going to be at a writer's conference together in St. Louis this That's summer. Right. We might have to talk old, uh, old Josh into driving us to finding an, you know, an arcade, some Nickelodeon or something. And um, maybe that first night, I don't know. I think, I, I think you're right. And so any of our listeners out there that aren't writers, if you're going to be anywhere around the St. Louis area on july 12th 13th 14th 15th i don't know when this thing ends um you can come to whatever hotel <laughs> that we're staying at i don't remember the name of the hotel uh but anyway go to railmakers.com uh look up the conference uh, a lot of us especially the folks that have been on this podcast in the past myself jason steve raza uh, Josh Smith, Ted, Ashley, Andrew Schwergen, Becky Dean, and probably a few others that I'm forgetting are all going to be a, at Realm Makers this year. And maybe we can get a group together and go find us an arcade someplace. Um, I, you know, I might look that up as soon as we get off of here today. Um, <laughs> I know it's really just, tempting now. Yeah. I'm just going to tell Josh Smith, hey, since you have a van, we're all going to load up into it and go find an arcade someplace. So yeah, he gets to drive to the conference. The rest of us have to fly in. So he's our, he's our wheels. Our man uh, the car. Yeah. I got an early morning flight that week. So <laughs> mine's not terrible and I won't get there midnight this time. So oh, yeah. hour. I remember going and picking you up at the St. Louis airport around midnight. So yeah. Yeah. I think that last time we went there, it was pretty late getting me getting in. So so, all right. Well, Jason, we have beaten this thing to death. Our top five arcade games, folks. Um, we did have some people toss out, and I don't have the list in front of me, but a lot of people commented, a few people on their arcade games. But if you have a top arcade game, uh, we will be posting this on Instagram and Facebook. Let us know in the comments and what your uh, top arcade games are. Folks, this has been Jason and JJ. This is Geeky Dads. Talk about geeky things. That's a wrap.